Hey guys, Jack here. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Quick announcement about the SoftwareWise subscription site. Uh, the beta test period is over. Um, thank you guys for everyone who checked out some of that stuff and sent feedback. We still have a lot of work to do, but feedback was very positive, and I'm excited to get that off the ground. The relaunch date is going to be August 13th, and I'll share more information about that as the time comes. Uh, a reminder, we are brought to you by Solve4Y. Thanks to Solve4Y for everything they've done for Just Hands, and we are excited to present you this week's episode. All right, thanks again for tuning in, and enjoy. Hello. I'm back here at the Just Hands house in Las Vegas with so-called nut guest, Peter O'Neill. Uh, we're here to talk about a hand I played yesterday, day 1B of a win 1600. Uh, this is the last event I'll be playing uh, in this year's World Series. And yeah, this was a a weird hand, both the sort of... Uh, <laughs> this was a weird hand for a few reasons. I'll just get into it. So the first thing to know is that one of the main villains in the hand had just sat down at the table. And I think she demonstrates why it's important to like pay close attention to someone as they're sitting down. And if you can, especially someone who's sitting down right on your left. So this was a taller, very pretty, probably 25-year-old black woman who was pregnant and my first instinct i'm not extremely proud of but i think it's actually a reasonable guess because nba summer league is happening in las vegas right now and so there's just a ton of nba players and nba personnel and my first thought was that she may be the wife of an nba player looking for something to do she was very made up her nails were done and, yeah, my impression was that she probably wasn't a poker pro. Although the fact that she's pregnant, I think, does lean her towards being a professional. Luckily, before the first hand was played, I looked over at her phone and saw a text message. The sender was heart emoji mine. And the details of the message were something about I shouldn't be playing so... Or something about post-flop play. And so... My assumption that she was probably an NBA wife quickly went out the window, and I now think that she is the wife of a poker player, and thus probably a poker player herself, probably decent. And yeah, this this hand we played was the first hand with her at the table. So again, this is a $1,600 win event. It's a big blind ante. We are at $300, $600 with a $600 big blind ante. And I start the hand with about 15,000 in chips. Folds to me in middle position. And I open to 1,500 with kings, with the king of diamonds. She calls immediately on my left. The next player to act to, I think, is the cutoff calls, button calls, and the big line calls. So we're five ways to the flop with kings with the king of diamonds. The flop is the jack of diamonds, the seven of diamonds, and the deuce of diamonds. So I have about 14,000 in my stack. We have about 8,500 in the pot and five players. I'm second to act. Checks to me. What's your play here? Oh, and I'll give you just 
quick reads on all the other remaining players in the pot, other than myself and the woman on my left, are older rec players who I think aren't very good at poker, and I can give you more detailed reads as it becomes relevant. It's a spot that I'm definitely not an expert in, and a spot that like, differs a fair amount from cash. I guess since it's so early on in the tournament, not maybe not quite as much, but spots like this in tournaments, I think you're a lot more incentivized to do a lot more, to, to, or to do more betting in order just to have a chance to take the pot down more, do a little more betting for protection. Like essentially, in cash games, the only thing that matters is how much money you win long term. It doesn't matter if you, like the percent of the time you win the pot doesn't matter at all. It just matters, you know, what overall you win long term. But in tournaments, like the percent you win the pot matters a little bit because just like having having those chips does matter. So this might be a spot that in a cash game I might check, but I think in a tournament maybe I'm more inclined to bet and do a little bit of betting for protection. It's obviously a spot we're not super comfortable with and could easily be beat. Uh, which is why I might check in a cash game. We don't have too much to be worried about, but there maybe is some incentive just to, uh, just to take down the pot. That said, I think if we bet and face any and don't face a raise, like meaning just like face a call or obviously a fold, I think we we don't learn very much at all about our opponent's hand. I think, but if we check, I think we can learn some more information. And if it goes like bet raise shove we can maybe get away or something so i don't know this one's pretty close i think that i think i would definitely check aces with the diamond even though i don't think there's a massive difference between these two hands kings with a diamond i really could be okay with either play i think no matter what i do if i would bet i wouldn't be betting more than like 40 percent pot that's for sure um but yeah I, I could really go either way here this is quite close and definitely not something i'm an expert on Mm-hmm. I decided to check, and basically I just think that my opponents are going to play better facing a bet than facing a check. I think betting into four other players on this board is just going to look fairly strong, and a lot of jacks will fold. And I think that these these types of players, um, these older men, especially since a lot of them have a fair amount of chips relative to average stack. Average stack is probably about 38,000. There's 25,000 starting stacks. And obviously, uh, Hijack, the woman who just sat down, has starting stack. But the other three are both, I think, above 40,000 at least. To recap, there is over 8,000 in the pot. I think, to be exact, 8,400. And I have 14K behind. So I decided to check with the intention of check jamming over any single bet, and then if massive action ensued, I would reconsider. But yeah, my basic thought was that these guys would be putting in a little bit too much money with a bad jack or with you know a one-diamond hand, and that I have plenty of equity against their betting range, and I can also leverage some folds against maybe an ace of diamonds hand from one of these guys that would be nice. Or get it in very good against a jack with, like, the queen of diamonds. So that was my plan. Any more thoughts on the initial flop action? 
I think uh, hearing you talk about it, I think I agree and probably get pushed a little bit over to the check side. Just out of like quick curiosity, quick, what would you do with like kings or aces without a diamond here? Kings or aces without a diamond, I think I'd be more inclined to bet small with the plan to fold to a raise. And depending on if I faced a call, then I would be sort of shifting into read mode especially against the older players who I think are going to give away something based on their timing, their excitement, their reaction to turn cards, their sizings. But it's a, it's a tough spot, and I would probably just bet small because I think I have the best hand a good amount. People will play passively enough on turns and rivers that I should be able to realize my equity facing a call. And I think part of, part of the reason I think people are going to play well against my bet with kings with the king of diamonds is the same reason I think I can just fold facing a raise with kings or aces without a diamond, since I think just a lot of that range is going to be flushes that that shoves. So we check. The woman to our left bets 3,500, and it folds to the button, who (laughs) is not a good player. And he does something that was really weird because of something that happened earlier in the session. Earlier in the session, someone bet 4,500 on the river, And he called but accidentally grabbed a 5K chip instead of a 500 chip and min-raised. So he grabbed 4,000 chips and the other 500. So it actually ended up working out perfectly to be a min-raise. It's just kind of interesting how the chip... (laughs) So he does the same thing again here? Yeah, he does the same thing. He he raises to 8,000, but it was three thousand dollar chips and then one five thousand dollar chip and so this was a a strange action because i felt like on the one hand he could have been trying to call now on the other hand he has a lot of chips and i don't give this type of player credit for making huge adjustments based on the fact that it's five ways and i think this is a play that i see a lot in cash i haven't seen it as much in tournaments just because well i don't play as many tournaments and also i don't think these five-way pots come up as much in tournaments but I see people raise this spot with a hand like ace-jack as a sort of see where I'm at raise. And so if this is an intentional raise, I'm not ruling out hands like that. Although I definitely don't think the raise or the call bodes well for like my equity in this hand. It folds to me. And so the action to recap, we have a 8.5k in the pot, hijack bets, 3,500, and then we face possibly an intentional raise to 8,000, and I have 14K in my stack. So obviously this is a shove or fold moment. Yeah, this is weird. So was there no, like, was there no, like, reaction or any way? Like, no one asked him if he meant to raise to the dealer. Just, like, dealer just said, like, 8,000, and he, like, stayed still? Or No one said anything. In a lot of these tournaments, the dealers don't announce the action. I don't know if that's just because... Tournament dealers are on a whole worse than full-time cash dealers, and so having them take on less responsibility is just better for the speed of the game. But no, no one said anything. I definitely agree with. Well, I definitely agree with the fact that tournament dealers are worse than cash dealers. I guess like it might be slightly out of line because we're three-way, but I would maybe just like ask this guy if he meant to raise or call and try to get some sort of reaction. I think especially like. 
This player type is a player type I would not be surprised at all to be angling here also. I think that like tournament, this type of player, especially in a tournament, I feel like are, are more likely to angle. So, and I think, I think especially if he was angling or was like very strong, it's something that if we asked him a question, we could like get a good chance of getting a read off of. I don't know. I guess in terms of what I think we should do, I think that, I think that's just too likely that we just have enough equity versus this guy's this raising range, and that we can just put too much pressure on the woman who's squeezed in between. That she like might even like force her off like an ace of diamonds hand. Like unless she has like I think it's I think it's quite hard for her to have two pair. So unless she has a set or better, I think it'll be quite hard for her to continue if we shove. And then obviously there's not enough stack behind for this player to fold. And I think we're probably doing fine against this player. Obviously we'll have some some flushes probably. Although you would think that if this guy had a flush she would raise larger, unless it was the not flush. So I kind of agree with you, Reed. That's a lot of jack hands, jack X, especially some jack X with the diamond. I mean, I think occasionally we will run into sets and some nut flushes and stuff. But I think that given the pressure we can put on the woman in between, I think that shoving is is probably the best play. That is what I ended up deciding to do. I considered asking about the bet, but I agree with you that people are more likely to angle in these situations but the first time this guy did it it definitely wasn't an angle he had ace king on like a king and then four to a low straight board and he definitely just meant to call and so he just also didn't strike me as the type of guy who was aware enough to angle so i thought for a little while one of the thoughts i had which i think is important is that the woman who may actually have the stronger range since she's a pro betting into a field of five rather than an amateur potentially calling a bet, potentially doing a see where I'm at raise, was that if one of them had a flush, it made it fairly unlikely the other one had a flush. And particularly like if she has an ace of diamonds type hand and he has a flush, it's very unlikely that she has the nut flush or, you know, vice versa. And... Also, if she is a professional, which is my read at the moment, then I think it's somewhat likely that she's going to be raising a fair amount of her nut flush combos preflop, like ace king and ace queen, or sorry, not ace king, ace queens, I think three bets a lot, and ace wheels, I think three bet a lot. And so the only possible possibilities are like ace 10, ace 8, ace 9, ace 6, which I think are all fairly likely holdings for her, but it's not necessarily enough of her range to make me ready to fold this hand. So I piled. She said, oh, really? Which I knew was a death sentence. She called, and he folded. She had the nuts, and I lost. And my series was over. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm glad you agree that we have too much equity to fold. I, I think I maybe framed it in a way where it was hard for you not to feel that way. But yeah, I really think that this raise was maybe just a call. And the fact that he folded to, you know, she probably shoved. I don't think she just called. And so maybe he had 
a hand that he decided wasn't good enough, but I think he's calling with any flush in this spot. It just wasn't enough of his stack for, I think, someone to fold at this stage in the tournament. So I think my read on this player was right, and I just ran into the top of the pro my left's range, and so I was happy to go home on this note. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I think you have to get it, and especially just especially when you have a hand that has equity when you're behind most of the time too. I think that with all the just sort of the weird stuff I've seen in tournaments, I think you probably have to get this in, and also give them the chance that this guy could have just meant to call and just put in this extra money dead. I think I think it's just like too lucrative to give up. So yeah, I like the play. It's just some, I think I'm lucky. Thanks, man. That was all she wrote. It's been nice staying with you here during the series, talking to a lot of hands. Uh, hopefully we'll get you on the podcast again soon. I know the fans enjoy it. And thank you guys all for listening, and we will see you next week.